0: Canaan. it's all about Jesus. It's not about religion, it's about relationships. Where beginners are welcome. Where
1: forgiveness is offered.
0: Where hope is alive. And it's okay to not be okay everyone and welcome to Canaan STL podcast. This is Pastor Daniel and here again with Pastor Martin Winslow and um, we are just coming out of a four-day experience with Life Action Ministries uh, that they call the Thirst Conference. Um, we would call it kind of back in the old days a revival if you will um, but you know they they kind of came in here on the front end and we built this up and we we, we taught this as well but Martin, who is revival for? Yeah, revivals for God's people. It is for the church. That's yeah. right. It is for the church. So unpack that. What is what is revival? What does that mean?
1: Yeah, I think it's um, revivals like experiencing God in a in a fresh, new way. It's it's God, um, you know, opening His people's eyes to see sin for what it is um, to recognize that the deceitfulness of sin and hardening of hearts has happened over time. And it's a fresh kind of renewal of what Mm -hmm. you had whenever you were first
0: born again. It's a good word. Yeah, it's a good word. Yeah. We, we talked a lot about revivals leading up to this event. In fact, we've been planning this event for almost two years. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to postpone because of COVID and all of that. So we just had this, uh, encounter this conference, if you will. And, um, you know, on the you know going into this, we unpack some things about revival. Things like revival is not anything that we can plan, right? And why is that? Why is why is this not something that you and I can manufacture?
1: Yeah, because revival essentially comes from the Spirit of God pouring out on His people, and so it's not something that you can. Uh, manufacture or create by emotional responses or anything like that. It's actually the work of God in his people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so man can't manufacture that. There's nothing we can do uh, to create an atmosphere good enough. Um, you know, we can't preach the Bible hard enough. Yeah. Um, God has to be at work in his people to bring about revival. It's supernatural.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, and, and we were talking about Jonathan Edwards and who was the um, pastor of a congregational church in Northampton, Massachusetts, early 1700s. Um, that was really the hub of the first Great Awakening, yeah. which was not a merely a revival; it was an awakening. Again, revivals for the church, but awakening is when massive number of yeah. lost people are converted, right? right. So, um, but we were talking how you know. After the Great Awakening began happening and was happening, people had gone back to, to Jonathan Edwards and said, what, what were you doing differently? And what was the answer to that? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. He was still preaching the same kind of sermons. Yeah. He was preaching all the same, you know, his same approach to, to writing sermons and ministering to the people. He was doing nothing different. So what made the pre-First Great Awakening right. different from what was happening during the Great Awakening? What was the difference?
1: Yeah. I think... I think, you know, you've got first—well, it was nice that you distinguished between the awakening and revival, right? I think the awakening, right, where all these people are are hearing the gospel, um, God gives them spiritual eyes to see. He opens their hearts so that they can receive the gospel. Uh, you know, Edwards talks about—I think it was in 1734—within Within about a six-month period, 300 people come to be saved. They become born again— Um, and people are like, what's, what's the secret sauce? Mm -hmm. And he's like, Hey, I'm just continuing to preach the gospel. This is a God thing. So this awakening happens, but in the midst of the awakening, there's also a reviving of God's people an excitement that they experience a renewal. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that I think is by seeing the hunger of those who have just been born again. Yeah. Um, And the excitement that that brings on. Um, And so you can kind of see a difference between the two. Um, I think last night it was really neat. Um, The last evening of our revival, uh, the young man who had been leading worship talked about how, um, you know, he was just in high school a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, 2018.
1: (laughs) And a team came in. And, you know, he's a talented kid. He's been playing the music all week. You would have thought maybe he grew up in church his whole life. He, you know, he's been mm-hmm. a Christian since he's eight years old, but he's only been born again for two years. But just to see the excitement in that young man, mm-hmm. you know, he had an awakening not long ago. He did. And I think that helps also the church to kind yeah. of spur us on to revival. Absolutely.
0: And his, his passion was contagious. Yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: You know, and, I, and that's what, I think that's what happens. And And this is where. And that's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. right? But that can also lead us astray if we gauge right. revival on the emotion and excitement. It becomes an emotive thing. So if you if you read books about a revival, there's also you have revival. Then you have what's called revivalism, right? Right. And revivalism is man's attempt to manufacture that revival, right. where revival is brought by God, as you clearly mm-hmm. stated and rightly so. Revivalism is an attempt by man to um, re, reproduce yeah. what God, only God can do, right? And and so we love the excitement, the energy, mm-hmm. the passion that true revival generates. Yeah, but you can't get there unless God does it, mm-hmm. and that's that's a critical piece of of, of knowing. So, know we talked about Jonathan Edwards. He after you know after the first Great Awakening, he writes a, a short book on distinguishing marks of revival, and I think that's really good for us now that we've kind of we're kind of going through it. And it, I mean, mm-hmm. we're not done. The rival's not over, right? I mean, yeah, life action came in and now they're They're leaving today, but that doesn't mean revival ends. It can right. keep going. It was really cool last night. Um, one of our, one of our members came and he said, you know, just just because life action's gone doesn't mean we could, we have to, that we can't do another four day deal at some time. Right. You know, he's exactly right. I mean, we can, I mean, God can do whatever he, God wants yeah. to do. Um, but these, these, um distinguishing marks is really helpful as we've now been experiencing some revival, looking at it, gauging it, saying, okay, is what's happening here, mm-hmm. is it really of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Is it really something that God is doing? Or do we just have a really good four nights of high energy, mm-hmm. high emotionalism, with some good preaching in there and good worship, but, you know, is what we're experiencing authentic of God? Right. I think it's a really good question to ask. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go through so what—so Jonathan Edwards had five distinguishing marks of authentic. Let's just kind of go through those and just ask that question. Is, is what we've been experiencing legitimately of God, or is it something that we're just, um, you know, manufacturing or trying to manufacture on our own? So I'm going to read these, and this is in kind of older English, so I'm going to read this, Martin, if you could translate. Yeah, sure. Okay. So he says. First, says when the operation is such as to raise our esteem of that Jesus who was born of the virgin and was crucified without the gates of Jerusalem, and seems more to confirm and establish their minds in the truth of what the gospel declares to us of his being the Son of God and the Saviour of men, it is a sure sign that it is from the Spirit of God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So to put that in modern terms.
0: Yes. Thank you.
1: Jesus is exalted. In revival
0: <laughs> amen, yep, that's exactly right. Jesus is exalted and not in the sense that I mean we I mean we would like to say that every time we gather as Canaan, we exalt Jesus right. we do we sing to him, we sing about him, we proclaim mm-hmm. his word um but th- I think this is in a in a a more heightened sense sure. right sure. where where by far the majority of people in the room or watching online or or more of like face to face with Jesus and face to face with um who let me just rethink about who he is. Right. Kind of a deal. That's the word esteem. It means to, you know, the lift up to value more highly. Right. I think that really does happen.
1: Yeah. And and I think too, we can we can kind of get carried away sometimes with our strategies, right? Yeah. But I think this is kind of narrowing the focus to kind of like what Jesus said in John three. If I be lifted up, I'll draw amen to myself. That's right. So it's that concentration on yeah. the centrality of the gospel, who Jesus is, what He accomplished. Yes, you know?
0: absolutely. I, I really believe so. First Mark, okay. did we did we get a sense that our people and us? I mean, I'll, definitely me and in, included in that. Did we get a sense that we were more highly esteeming Jesus yeah. than normal?
1: Yeah, for sure. I,
0: for sure. I totally agree. Yeah. You know, just evidence. So you know, we got a lot of, uh, Life Action got a lot of the letters that people wrote from our congregation. Uh, They took those up last night. Mm -hmm. Um, They shared some of those with us, you know, um, and just across the board, there was kind of that, I feel like I'm being drawn closer to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus is more important to me now than he was. And, you know, those kind of, that kind of Mm -hmm. language Mm -hmm. definitely um, gives us objective criteria to say, Yeah. yeah, this was, yeah. Distinguishing mark number one is satisfied. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's look at what he says next. Distinguishing mark number two. You ready to translate? hmm When the spirit that is at work operates against the interest of Satan's kingdom, which lies in encouraging and establishing sin and cherishing men's worldly lust, this is a sure sign that it is a true and not a false spirit.
1: Yeah, so to encapsulate that, I'm going to kind of expound just a little here.
0: But the Holy Spirit
1: acts against the influence of Satan's kingdom because the preaching of sin and repentance has been clearly delineated. So I felt like Sunday night, for instance, it was a great way to kick it off was to start with this idea of here is Jesus over here and here are your idols, yeah. and let's contrast those. Yeah. And so there was some really good contrasting that went on. And it reminded me actually of what, I mean, we'd, we've we never really called this revival, but you see it, I think, uh, in the book of Acts when Paul's, I think he was in Thessalonica, when the people there heard and actually took their physical idols, right, mm-hmm. and threw them inside the fire Yes, and burned those things up. Um, and we were challenged yeah. the same way, and so I see that kind of as a picture of number two.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, because the you know Satan's kingdom is anything that's raised up against the knowledge yeah. and glory of God, and especially idolatry. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know the life action guys, you know Shane, the the main speaker, he did a great job of of bringing up bringing to our mind. Um, all the possibilities of what our mm-hmm. idols are yeah. and could be mm-hmm. and you know what's fascinating there is by vast majority of the time our idols are not bad things mm-hmm. our idols are actually good things yeah. that we over elevate as good mm-hmm. to the detriment of where does God stand in our life you know right. and I mean he even talked about hey, oh, as a staff he got us in the room and team talked about you know how even our ministry can become an idol mm-hmm. we can yeah. pour ourselves into doing ministry doing ministry doing ministry to the point where we neglect the Lord of the ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's just, it's, it's a fascinating thought process. You know, it's humbling and convicting to go, Mm -hmm. to go through that. Cause it it really becomes all about motivations and where I'm at with Jesus, even in the doing of the ministry, or even in loving our family, families can be, Mm -hmm. uh, can be idle. So, yeah. So it's anything where the Satan trying to prop up his kingdom, even in the good stuff, that's where it's so dangerous, you know? So, did that happen this past week? You mentioned Sunday night as a great example, and I love the sound of those popping cups, which represent yeah. the smashing of idols. That was yeah. really good. So, yes, I think it definitely happened. Uh, distinguishing mark number three says, The Spirit that operates in such a manner as to cause in man a greater regard to the Holy Scriptures and establishes them more in their truth and divinity is certainly the Spirit of God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So here the Bible is exalted okay as God's word and it and it is held by Christians in very very high regard
0: yeah absolutely now again we would say that's something we do on a regular basis mm-hmm. and I, I, I believe that's totally true Canaan um I mean long before you and I were here that's been a, yeah. a, a something a, a distinguishing mark of Canaan right. for decades right is a very high view of scripture which mm-hmm. is One of the things I love best about this church family.
1: Absolutely. And we don't want to let up on that
0: at all. Absolutely not. That's right. right. It's a, that's a no brainer. Yep. So definitely that's how, but it continued to happen this week. I mean, the source of everything that Shane talked about was the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, And the scriptures drove every, every application, every action we did was all driven by the, the teaching of the scriptures. Distinguishing mark number four. So this one's even muddier than his normal language. But he says, "Another rule to judge of spirits may be drawn from those compilations given to the opposite spirits in the last words of the sixth verse of First John chapter four, where it talks about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. These words exhibit the two opposite characters of the Spirit of God and other spirits that counterfeit his operations. And therefore, If by observing the manner of the operation of a spirit that is at work among a people, we see that it operates as a spirit of truth, leading persons to truth, convincing them of those things that are true, we may safely determine that it is a right and true spirit.
1: (laughs) So to sum that up, sound doctrine is taught and promoted. The spirit of understanding and truth opposes spirits of falsehood. So, again, that delineation can be seen very clearly for what Mm -hmm. it is. Sometimes, just because we have to operate in the culture continually, those lines get muddied, right? We're bombarded, especially in American culture today, with different ideas about gender. We're influenced by the music we listen to, by, you know, he talked a lot about the things we watch on TV. Those things over time subtly those impressions uh, that we get from certain things, they affect us and what we yep. believe and how That's we right. view the world. And so when revival happens, sound doctrine is taught and promoted, but it also you can see a clear dichotomy between that and falsehood. Hmm.
0: Okay. Did that happen this week?
1: Absolutely. Okay. What and how you so know, and I would say, you know, one of the one of the clearest teachings that that he made over and over again is he kept coming back to money. Mm. and the things that we own and value. <clears throat> um you know Martin Luther once said there's two conversions, uh, one of the heart and the second of the purse.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And I I think, you know, uh that when he kept pointing that out, <clears throat> what are we spending our money on? He said, you know, I can take a look at, you know, your the registry of what you spend in a month and I can tell you who you're serving,
0: mm. right? Right.
1: And so are you an idol or not? And so I think you know the things that we spend our money on, the things we take time to to pour into; those are clear definitions of whether or not we're following the spirit of the world or the spirit of God. Yeah. And so there was a lot of talk about the poor. You know, mm. he he pulled passages out of Luke's gospel, uh, which you can't read Luke and get around this idea that we are supposed to have a heart for those who are in need.
0: Absolutely, it's absolutely right.
1: So yep. I would say that was definitely one way we could Great. see. So many examples.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. In the fifth and final distinguishing mark of a revival, according to Jonathan Edwards, he says, if the spirit that is at work among a people operates as a spirit of love to God and man, it is a sure sign that it is the spirit of God.
1: Love to God and man is promoted. Yes. Now, here's what's interesting. The best way to differentiate true love from counterfeit self-love is humility. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he challenged us to do was to, if there was somebody in the room um, that you needed to confess sin to, maybe you've harbored anger against them, or there was a confrontation that went awry in the past, he challenged us to go to those people and to ask for forgiveness. Another thing he did is he also said, Listen, there's people in the room that have refreshed your soul, that have refreshed your life. Go to those people and tell them that. Mm -hmm. And so that's true love between brothers, right?
0: And here's the question. Did that happen? He told us to do that. Did we do it?
1: I know it happened. Yes, yeah, it because sure did. I, I got to be on both sides of that. Hmm. Uh, some someone had come up to me in humility and in tears and asked for forgiveness for something in the past, and and it was great. Um, hmm. You know, it was a couple. They came to Amy and I, and we embraced and we all held and prayed for one another. Amen. It was the coolest thing ever. And of course, we extended forgiveness, and then. On the other side of that, I know at least myself, but I know other people were doing it. I looked around the room. I didn't have enough time to tell all the people how they had refreshed me.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, I would have loved for that to have lasted like another 30 minutes at least. Because there was so much of that going on. Mm. And I couldn't get to everyone I wanted to get to to refresh. And um, I've heard that from several people as well. But again, this isn't over, right.
1: right? It's not over. There's time to do it. Yeah. And, and I think that's important. There's one guy I always see, you know, who, when he drops his kids off at Kids Connection in the morning, Jeremy Mullins always comes up to me and he says, how you doing, man? And he looks at me and he he wants to know. Yeah. And he gives me a hug every week. He's great. And he's like, how's life going? He is he an is
0: incur- a, he's a refresher. Yeah, a refresher. A replenisher. I
1: didn't even get to tell him. <laughs> I was too busy <laughs> yeah. telling other people, yeah. but... You know that's Well, maybe he's listening guy. right now. Yeah. So, Jeremy, there you go. Thank Thanks, you, brother. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. So it happened. It did. Yeah. So we're looking at these five distinguishing marks of revival. According to Jonathan Edwards, we have seen this just the last four days, we've seen all four of these mm. taking place. Yeah. That is exciting. Amen. Amen. So where do we go from here?
1: I think from here, we stay humble. We're on our face before the Lord, and we say, God, make this an entire movement, continue to revive your church. And at the same time, bring an awakening. We'd love to see both. Um, That's
0: exactly right. And I
1: think as the church is revived and we're hot about what the Lord has done in our lives, that is catchy. Um, And I would say it's more catchy than the coronavirus. Like it's just going to impact our community. It's going to impact the people we work with, um, our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And, And we we should stay on fire for the Lord. Absolutely. And we're going to see more and more people come to Christ. You know, you had mentioned this had started before Life Action ever got here. My goodness, I think since January 1, we've already baptized 16 people. And there's like eight more in the queue to get baptized. Like, you know, people are coming to faith in the gospel. That's right. And so we're seeing that. Um, yeah. Even though there's a lot of darkness around us, yeah, we're seeing a lot of good things.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of darkness. And we're in dark times. Yeah, But the more darkness the light, the brighter, the light Amen. shines, you know, Amen. and here's, what's exciting to me is, is that our whole, if I use a big word here, presupposition, what we, what we were supposing would take place in order for vision 2025 to happen is that we yeah. would be a revived people. Amen. Cause only a revived people will be used by God to do yeah. some of these things we're talking about. And revival always precedes awakening. Yeah. You know, yeah. before Peter preached and 3000 people were saved, you first had the Holy Spirit come yeah. upon those 120 believers. Revival preceded awakening. That's right. And so now that we're experiencing this revival, it's exciting because man, God's about to blow open the floodgates. Yes, right. You know, and that is yeah. so exciting. Amen. So exciting. So just a couple of things um, just to alert everybody about. Um, number one is, is don't gauge the quality or the authenticity of our revival on emotions. That's right. All right. Cause like at the end of last night, everyone was fired up. It was exciting. It was energetic and passionate. Mm -hmm. we get up this morning, drink your cup of coffee. got to go to work. It's easy for those emotions to ebb and flow. Right. So we cannot gauge what's going on by our feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, Satan's going to come after us too. We got to expect that. Um, He's going to attack us and make us doubt what's going on is real, make us doubt that God's going to do something. He's going to try to ensnare us and entangle us in some of those idols all over again that we just smashed on Monday night. We've got to understand that's coming, but that doesn't mean revival is over. It's only just begun. And so what my prayer is for all of us is that we would stay really just heavily leaning into Jesus. And as we see, Aspects of awakening happen. Mm. It would further fuel the revival. That's right. Which further fuels the awakening. It becomes this really awesome snowball effect and just crescendos. And so that's our prayer and that is our passion. Amen. But just really excited. Thankful to all of you listening. Just keep praying for God to do incredible things. Um, You know, my prayer has always been, I want to be a part of God doing things that only God can do. Yeah. And that is evident. So I think we're there. It's beginning. So super exciting. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to this week's Pete Keenan STL podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Have a blessed one.